Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to another afternoon edition of The Chaser Report with Mark Humphreys once again and Charles Firth and me, Dom Knight. Now, now we, we did have some complaints uh, <laughs> over the weekend. Yeah, it was about, at this point um, yeah. when I thought we, I was going to introduce Mark's rapper of 2021. <laughs> we went down a Baz Luhrmann shaped rabbit hole <laughs> that lasted for about 16 minutes and then we realised that was the end of the episode. <laughs> um, so we're back to try again. Okay. What do the complaints want? Do they want more or less theatrical More Baz? Gossip? Well, they actually were very supportive of uh, <laughs> all, all just our fun anecdotes, but... Um, they did want to hear the the rap of 2021. Well, Mark. why don't we do a minute on that and then go into some more anecdotes? Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. That's Let's in the moment here on the Chaser Report. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. None of the medical advice contained in the Chaser Report should legally be considered medical advice. The Chaser Report. So anyway, Mark, twenty twenty one. What a year! Eh? Yes, a year, a year of accountability. I would say. I would say. I think mm. this is the year when when people were really held accountable briefly and then given a, a, a portfolio yeah. back. Yeah, that I mean, is a very good summary of twenty twenty one. Now, which other theatrical legends? Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. I was waiting. No, but that. a lot of people have kind of left, haven't they, this year? Yes, I. I, I mean, Greg Hunt. I, I. I was in Parliament House last week, and I ran into Greg Hunt, and he seemed. Uh, um, preoccupied, and then about an hour later, he announced his retirement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was the end of that. Were, were you the final? I thought? think I was. I think once yeah. he saw I was in the building, he knew his days were numbered. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. What were you doing in Parliament House? Great question. Yeah, no, I was because well, we we were touring in uh, in Canberra, and so mm. I, well, let's do some anecdotes about that, <laughs> please. Yeah. Um, but I I, I I met up with uh, Mike Bowers, you know, photographer for, the, for uh, the Guardian and host of Talking Pictures on Insiders, and so I uh, just met up with him, and then went and saw James Jeffrey, who used to write uh, Struth. Oh, he's wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Who, who now and is the speechwriter for Albo. Albo, that's right. Is exactly. that a job that exists? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love so James, yeah. but, I, you know. <laughs> yeah, because is it that Albo is incredibly wooden? Maybe that's, Do you, you know, but Maybe it's a style. Maybe, I mean, I, I thought the maybe approach it's a parody. was go on a microphone and ramble about growing up in, in uh, you know, in Camperdown. Isn't that... well? well didn't we formula? Know, yes. I mean, I don't know if we can say who this was, but we knew someone who was approached by Joe Hockey. Remember? Yes, friend, that's right. Yes, I don't know if we can say well, who I, that it, was. No, I think that that was public at the right. time, wasn't it? David yeah. Yes, it was David Yes, Hunt. it was in the news. It was yes. reported. Oh, there yeah. we go. That's fine. But I think that Author that was sort of, he was sort of worded up into that role. It was a bit like uh, Gladys Perigiclian last week uh, with the... Waringa right. election where yes. Dave Hunt went, oh, yeah, maybe I'll write your speech or something, and then suddenly Joe Hockey announces, David Hunt, now my speechwriter. <laughs> Amazing. So, anyway, so yeah, I saw, saw James Jeffrey, but yeah, no, ran into a bunch of politicians. I saw Peter Dutton, didn't have a chat to Peter Dutton, didn't mm. see I can't believe you didn't have a comedy banter no, with the Dutch stuff. No, no, but w- you know what we found out? 
Don't dog. tell me he's got a sense of humour and he's a lovely man. Is that he is a lovely man. Not a monster. Apparently, yeah. not a monster <laughs> in person. This is true. Yes. This is right. So friends of ours who run, well, I don't, I maybe we won't say it, but they, you know, people, they, they, they run a business in Canberra. Yes. Uh, and politicians often come there. And they oh, yeah. said, and they said, no word of a lie, coalition members are the nicest uh, customers and it's actually the Labour people who are the absolute shits. They're <laughs> the ones who stick them on tips, yeah. I imagine. And, and guess who sends a, a sort of cold shiver up your spine every time you see her, according to them? Well, right. Well, I, I, feel, I feel bad saying exactly who it was, but... Well, it, well, no, it's because I, I was trying just to guess who it was. Because it's just true, generally, like everyone mentions it when you talk to people in Canberra, which is Penny Wong. Like, apparently, she's just. <laughs> Very specific about the uh, Vegemite to butter ratio. Yeah. It's, it, and apparently, there's something about her voice where every bureaucrat, you know, she walks into a room and just everyone's. Isn't that scared. good? Like, that, that's what you want on standard estimates. Just, yeah. She might want yeah. to switch that mode off. Yeah, maybe we, yeah, when, you, when you're ordering. But you, you walk into well, a, yeah. a. Like, if you're the bartender, like, you know that if you stiff the amount that's going in the, sh- the shop for the gin and tonic. You're going to get a lot of questions so in an she, icy cold tone. Because she's on the Foreign Affairs Senate Estimates Committee and a whole lot of bureaucrats actually pissed off early to COP26 a few weeks ago in order to avoid being questioned <laughs> by Penny Wong because then all their underlings would have to do it. <laughs> it's tr- honestly true. I mean, valuable for our democracy to have people who ask forensic questions, yeah. but <laughs> probably at a bar, not not fun. I mean, <laughs> but you know, in terms of like, in terms of who is absolutely the nicest customer, it yeah. Tony Abbott. They said oh it was Tony no! Abbott. That's don't right. Tell That's us what they that. said. I've got to be honest. I spent about forty minutes in a cab with Tony Abbott once, and Get out he of was just he was fun. Oh. He was witty. He was no. asking about the chaser. He <laughs> had all. It was it. When he was on the back bench, like before he returned as leader and then prime minister, and he just did not give a shit. He did a, a, a sketch for us on the chaser. Like the best thing Tony Abbott ever did in it for us was right when everyone hated us at our absolute nadir of our career, he came and did a sketch. Because he's just like, oh, that happens to me all the time. Wow. And it was so like. What was the sketch? Uh, it was something. It was about being on some sort of parody of Insiders or something. It was like a like a late night ABC chat show, and he yeah. came and played himself. And it was right in the week when we were basically literally cancelled by the ABC for two weeks. And Tony Abbott came in to do all this stuff, and I kind of thought, well, he's clearly not going to run again if he's going to associate with the likes of us. <laughs> but then, yeah, it all worked out, and he was he was very personable. Did and it I'd work out though? <laughs> <laughs> the, the sketch really? worked out, but <laughs> no. Oh, but, right. but and then, but, but the strange thing was. I'd just seen him in an event, like we went from the event to the airport, and he was in doing that incredibly wooden, like, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, not yeah. want to make a mistake thing. Mm. So the, the thing is, in public life, appalling. Yes. But then if he thought that you weren't going to tell the story later on a podcast, uh, he was quite <laughs> nice company. And he was so scathing about Malcolm Turnbull is the other thing. Oh, right. Like, I was there at, from the chaser, clearly not on his side in terms of actually being a supporter of his, mm. and he was just basically being absolutely contemptuous of Turnbull in a very funny way. What what in particular? Basically he's saying he was an idiot. He didn't have a clue what the electric wanted. He was just full of shit and, you know, very, very rich. Well, uh, the, I've, Standard I've, cl- I've, stuff. I've clipped this up and put this out online, but there's uh, in, in Turnbull's memoir, I, I, I've listened to the audio book of it, the, the, the best, my favourite section is this bit where, so after Turnbull became Prime Minister, you know, deposed Abbott, the anecdote, I think basically word for word, is it was at Christmas time and he calls Tony Abbott and he says, I called Tony to wish him a happy Christmas and he told me to fuck off several times and hung up. 
<laughs> it's just a perfect anecdote. Imagine that delivered in, in Turnbull's crisp sort yeah, of radio exactly. broadcaster we, tones too. Let we'll, we'll roll insert that. that. We'll insert this. That uh, I'll send you the clip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I oh, also recommend. Yeah, I also recommend Turnbull's memoirs for his Christopher Pine impression. So do the audiobook version of Turnbull. Oh, Man. that's a good. He does tip. a very good Christopher Pine impression. So what would it be like being a politician where you know your work your your work colleagues are also your mortal. Anyways, and, and, oh, and like yes. they're, and, but they're hostile. They went to back ring, to uni, but then you have to ring them for Christmas greetings and things yes. like that. It must, like, be, it must be like being in the chaser. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd say too soon, but that's something we never observe in this office. No, but it's true because they've had each other for so many years, and they did each other in repeatedly. Right, those two. <laughs> yes, that's it. But maybe it'll become a thing like Fraser and Whitlam. They'll become this. <laughs> You know, oh, great friends think later. So. In life. I think <laughs> no. I think I think Turnbull's very good at maintaining a grudge. And <laughs> but who won? Who between Turnbull and Abbott? Who oh, won in the long run? That's a great question. Who who? Because well, Turnbull think, mm, Turnbull, Turnbull destroyed destroyed the MBN and then became prime minister and basically let the coal interests get away with everything. Whereas only Abbott. Destroyed the Thought he had a son. No, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but also it did all that budget stuff where he destroyed the sort of federal bureaucracy. I mean, they both did a good job on Australia. <laughs> sure. That yeah. is, I mean, in their battle, though, because Turnbull, oh, oh, t- Turnbull destroyed yeah. Abbott, but mm, then Abbott's yeah. mates did Turnbull in, in the Yeah, end, it's so. sort of like, yeah, it, it's, it was like Alien versus, versus Predator. Whoever wins, mm. we lose. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, no, I think they both came out pretty poorly. Yeah. I'm just imagining rigging Tony Abbott. Um, for Christmas and going, hello, Tony, it's your long lost son. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Remember, that was the greatest moment in Australian politics. Fascinating. How, I never tire of talking about it. <laughs> how is that not... Oh, we should update listeners if they've forgotten, mm. which is that there was a brief sort of week, a week, week and a yeah, half. exactly. And it must have been, what, back in about 2006, 2007? Yeah, yeah right. it was... No, yeah, it probably it was, even before that. Yeah. It was very early. Early 2000s. Because so, yeah. um, we still had the newspaper. Where he thought... That he he had an illegitimate son, like yes. yeah, his ex flatmate or something had, yeah. had had a kid, and um, he thought it, he thought it was his, and it was and another flatmate. So and it was very complicated. Bizarre, in that he house. was I think he was a sound recordist who had worked in Parliament House he, and so for the ABC. Even, right. That was the greatest irony of them all. So there was even footage of this ki- kid, you know, an adult, but mm. like recording his quote unquote father. Um, yes, and so there was, and so they they met. And Abbott seemed to sort of accept that as the truth mm. and kind of came out and said we had a lovely meeting and it was great. And then they did a paternity test. Yeah, and it was nothing. It was no, no connection yeah. at all. It I turned out to be Barnaby's <laughs> child. <laughs> yeah, I just think, I like that. that must everyone been, else working in Parliament House. <laughs> that must have been quite a share house, right? <laughs> yeah. A different paternity well, suit. Yeah, because, I mean, that yeah. suggests... Hole the in the wall in one part of the house <laughs> and then... Because uh, it must have led to awkward conversations with his wife, oh and yeah, his dad, which is like because the chronology. Yes. Well, I don't know, but no, no it was pre. It was pre. I think it was pre. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, well, it was in his right. student days. He was oh, very well. young at the time. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I think, um, you but know, he was Catholic. He he wouldn't have had sex with anyone. Would he? he would have had to go to an in, semin- in seminary after that. But um, oh right, yeah. And then that let, that gave rise to one of the best chase headlines of all time, which was Tony Abbott's softer, caring side, really somebody else's. <laughs> um, <laughs> But also, if you're a conservative Catholic Catholic male, it's the same thing as what happened with Barnaby Joyce. You're kind of going, well, child out of wedlock, a little bit embarrassing, but it's a son and I've only got daughters and, you know. Yeah. 
So, but that, that, because that, that was the weird period where Abbott was. This is the thing why I never, I never understood how he became prime minister because he was the naughty boy of the Howard government. He was he an was. absolute joke. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was the idea of him becoming prime minister was so farcical. I just thought it was. It, it basically required the the Labor Party to co- completely collapse on itself <laughs> for it to happen. Um, yeah, he ma- he managed to. <laughs> there was a famous day when he fucked up three consecutive times um, <laughs> in the course of a day in election campaign. Yeah, but he was just like he just was. Like like a bit of a troll. He was just a... Mm. Just a just he was a the head kicker. Yeah, exactly. But he, at the time when he got elected, he did seem sort of amazingly brilliant at just sniping. Like he spent... Oh, yeah. He was just so good. He was the greatest opposition leader ever in terms yeah. of effectiveness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so destroyed several Labor Prime Ministers and <laughs> then imploded when he had to do the job himself. That's right. Exactly. So anyway, so highlights of 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that was Fire. highlights of 2012. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Chaser Report. News you know you can't trust. I was sort of doing a millennial recap, yeah. really, more more than a, a year, but um, but yeah, but like, yeah, but this was the year that Barnaby came back, which I, I guess always felt inevitable, and yet it was that weird thing where it simultaneously you kind of feel like shouldn't have happened, but was always going to happen. Mm. There was no way, like McCormack must have known <laughs> it was it was just sort of holding the hat and for. A, I mean, a full while. credit to Michael McCormack for being so appalling at being um, <laughs> national leader that Barnaby Joyce was able to so <laughs> easily <laughs> defeat it. him. I mean, yeah. he had years to just not be quite so shit. <laughs> Do you think that in the National Party room they just they go okay? Well, we'll just pretend to be this coal thing and go to the wall for coal um, and then we'll give in to the Liberal Party's demands at the 11th hour anyway <laughs> and and then everyone's got their brand. Like, do, do you think there's a sort of a deep cynicism to the way they do it? Or do, not they not just, if Malcolm Turnbull's Prime Minister. If Malcolm Turnbull's they Prime Minister, the they, don't, they don't give in at all and, they, and yeah. he gets kicked out. Mm. But, I mean, I think the National Party has a sort of split personality. I mean, because you've got... You, you've got your Barnabys and your your Christensons and your Canavans, yeah. And then you've got people like Darren Chester. There's who the dull wing and the nutter wing, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. And so, yeah, that's that's the kind of interesting thing with the the national. But you know, they, they've overseen the complete, you know, corrosion of funding in regional services across Australia. Right. You know, like yes. The ABC is sort of obliterated, and that that is what serves regional communities. Mm. Um, whole lot of regional centres and things like that have had their infrastructure destroyed, all by the government, and yet they keep being re-elected. Like, it's so weird. Like, how do they keep pretending that they... Well, to me, it's like, it's almost like if you... (laughs) 
But they're <laughs> if, a mining if, they're a mining party, but, but they pretend to be farmers. Well, that's isn't it like I a think, protection racket? Like that is come and go, oh, you wouldn't want imagine if you didn't have a mm. a, a party yeah. dedicated to rural Australia well, in that's charge. Exactly. Mm. That's the thing. I think there's this perception of it being this yeah, sort of country party. To me, it would be like if there were a party called the Charles First Party mm. and you'd go to the ballot box and you go and even though you know the Charles First Party has done everything to against Charles First yes. throughout the whole yeah. you'd go, Charles First, that's 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 me. That's, that's the that's the, that's the party for me. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, actually I've heard because I've talked to people who campaign against nationals in regional seats and they said it's in, in, impossible to get your poster put up by businesses on mm. Main Street. Yes. Because you get blackballed yes. as a business. So, that's right. So there's lots of businesses who want to, you know, sort of not have the National Party Absolutely. poster. Absolutely, yes. And so there's this – it's quite a sort of closed shop thing where yeah. you've got to – you just, it, like yeah, it's a it's a huge branding. Exercise. Yeah, Tony Windsor had a very rough time with that. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. But um, on the ABC, by the way, in re- regional areas, this is the bizarre thing of twenty twenty one. They're in the process of hiring fifty new regional journos, yes. funded by Facebook and Google. Of mm. all the people, like the kind of mm. robber baron people who are destroying the media, the one thing that comes out of it is like the sort of blood money pay. Is it actually? Mm. Giving journalism to regional Australia is bizarre. Yeah. Well, it was funny. I was watching Senate Estimates a couple of weeks ago. I always watch whenever uh, the ABC managing director and SBS managing director have to answer questions because the questions are particularly unhinged. Oh, yeah. There's just such raw hatred for America Pets. Yes. <laughs> and usually, you know, one of the Hanson or Malcolm Roberts, you know, one of the one nation. Did you like that tweet? Yes, exactly. Mm. I mean, that's the thing. It was all about who liked what tweet. And I mean, Sarah Henderson, she had a list. She was, you know, and she was checking it twice. And she she was saying like, now can you can you explain to me, David Anderson, you know, managing director of the ABC, why Anthony Green has as his Twitter handle, handle at Anthony Green ABC? Is it not in the ABC you know rules that you can't have ABC in your Twitter handle? I mean, this is the stuff that they're dealing with, and so all the time she's hammering and complaining about the ABC, and then she also then complains that uh, one of the regional radio programs and you know mm. regional Victoria had been dissolved, and now that money was going into uh, online reporting, it's just like. Well, you, you're the one holding the purse. I mean, like, yeah, so yeah. You can't sort of. Why do you cut the services yes, after exactly. we cut your funding? That's right. I just wonder if they should just actually forget the federal government and just do a deal with Facebook and Google <laughs> just to fund the whole of the ABC. Wouldn't that's that be it. a little bit that's easier? That's exactly right. I mean, sure, they'd you know spookily collect all the data on all the kids in the whole oh. of Australia, but mm. probably easier. I, I just think dissolve the government and just let's do everything that's due by, by crowdfunding. I mean, like the mm. Climate Council or what have you, that, that was sort of... The, the, the you know that that's, that is taxation. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. <laughs> crowdfunding. <laughs> yeah, but the, well, you get to choose. At no, least. but at least, at least with crowdfunding, the crowd gets to choose exactly. rather than Barnaby Joyce getting to choose, which yes. is what happens at the moment. That's it. Mm. So anyway, but this, this also was the year, of course, we're glad to saved Australia. Uh, and, uh, oh, yeah. And look what we did to <laughs> her. Oh, how outrageous. How ungrateful we were. <laughs> it was a witch hunt. There was a real hubris there, wasn't there? Because she, she really started believing that narrative. That oh, yes, the, um, the gold standing contact yeah. places who were bulletproof any... Any variant and 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 really early on in the Sydney COVID outbreak in June, late June, Mm. you know, she would bat back every question about why aren't you doing more? With well, we're not Melbourne, are we? Yeah, we can actually (laughs) keep this under control. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Twenty twenty one will also be the last year that Australia will remain a federation. (laughs) It is looking that way, isn't it? But Paul Farrell from ABC's Seven Thirty, you know, was a journalist who would go into those, you know, went into those uh, Berejiklian um, presses, 
and you know pursued the line of questioning about Daryl Maguire and all that, and was made to feel, you know, like this is a this is about this is a conference about COVID. Why are you talking about this? Blah blah blah. But he's been ultimately, you know, vindicated. I, I just just to be honest for a moment, just credit to and it's not just Paul, but just but but I must. must Tip my head to Paul Farrell for pursuing that because it was something that I think made him quite unpopular with people. Um, but there was abs- there was you know there was something there, mm. and you know so Walkley for Paul Farrell is what I'm saying. But yeah, so glad has saved Australia. So uh, <laughs> I love that it was that because wasn't it like the Fin Review had their power issue? Yes. Oh yes. And that, like <laughs> the woman who saved Australia was the cover, and I, didn't it come out pretty much as it she was, was same, leaving it was the, the same building? Day wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, but that was the second cover that they'd done. Well, that's it because I think they would had the woman who saved Australia, and then they had yes, mm. the power issue, yeah. and and she featured yeah. prominently there. I mean, to be fair, she did save Australia from more Gladys Berejiklian. <laughs> 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 that was yeah. Yeah. very effective. Yeah. I just for balance. I mean, I always liked Gladys. She always, oh, she she mm. always she always seemed lovely. But um, and uh, but yes, what we had the submarines. This, yeah, that was a one. <laughs> Wonderful. That was I, but I think, I honestly think that Scott Morrison thought that that was his trump card. Oh, yeah. That was going to... Orcus. Yeah, and, mm. and that it was... Yeah. He was, he was literally prepping for an election for this year. Mm-hmm. And it was all based <laughs> on, well, I'll get the momentum from Orcus. Um, you know, he'd cleared the desk. Like, uh, earlier in the week, all the sort of, like, the Christian Porter thing had been squared away. Like... All these other things yeah, yeah. have been squared away. Scraped off the barnacles, as Abbott used to put it. And <laughs> just to be so, for it to just explode in his face so amazingly. Because mm. he wouldn't have even, if he held the election then, he wouldn't have even had to go to COP26. Like That was the plan. He, was, yeah, yeah, he wasn't going to go. He yes, could have ducked yes. that fight. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a real pattern of whenever Scott Morrison comes up with a grand plan and comes up with a, like a strategy it implodes within about two to three days. Mm. He's actually he's he's best at just doing nothing and just letting you know how good take him through. Whenever it comes up with an actual strategy, it, it's incredible. Like when he his multiple attempts to solve the bushfires, like the one with bringing in the army fell apart within about an hour because he didn't ring the RFS commissioner. He just is not good at strategy. He, well, I think it's just a not attention to detail, man. Like he just. He sort of go, oh, how good would it be if we did that? I'm on a podium and then, with Boris and, then and I, Biden and that's it. Re-elect this man. Yeah, exactly. And I think he sort of assumes that all the other details get done. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we ended up with a situation where former prime ministers were basically ending up doing his job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, that, that was probably my favourite story. When that yes. broke, that Kevin Rudd had been talking to Pfizer. Of course he had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gosh, he's a dweeb, isn't he? I mean, you sort of sh- we should all be thanking yeah. him for all his efforts, right? You still just go, oh, oh come on, mate. come on, mate, <laughs> it's over. I mean, what does he want at this point? Does he yeah. want the majority of Australians to say we regret what happened yeah. to you, Kevin? I mean, I mean that wouldn't that be great if it turned out that Kevin? What if because after how things went with Grace Tame and how that you know. Obviously, Scott Morrison, you know, hands, you know, awards her the Australian of the Year. And then, of course, Grace Ham has been, you know, a great critic of Scott Morrison. I'd love that somehow, that Kevin Rudd somehow becomes Australian of the Year. Next year. <laughs> Is that what he's going for? <laughs> That's what he's going for. Which brings us to who do you reckon Australian of the Year will be next year? Because surely it's got a balance. Surely... Well, I think it, we go back to sport. I think it's all. I think they 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 right. they'll get nervous. So I think I think Dylan Alcott genuinely. I think Dylan, Dylan Alcott is 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 in with a very good chance. He'd be very good, but I mean, 
don't forget, if you're talking about sporting icons, yeah. Alan Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Chaser Report. Now with extra whispers. So there you go. Well, that's Mark Humphreys' wrap on 2021, which uh, I think, Mark, congratulations on a far more 2021-ish wrap than the one we had on Friday. <laughs> Thank you. It is always a pleasure, With 90% though, really. less Baz Luhrmann this time. <laughs> and if you haven't heard the Friday one, oh, it's please. probably might be one of my favourite afternoon editions <laughs> since we started doing that. <laughs> Our gears from Road Microphones, we're part of the ACAST Creator Network, and we'll catch you tomorrow morning. See ya. Bye-bye. <laughs>